Hey everyone, technically you're getting two days in history today because we're running two episodes from the History Vault. Hope you enjoy. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was March 15th, 44 BCE. A conspiracy against Roman dictator Julius Caesar came to a violent end when his own senators assassinated him. Caesar's power as a military commander and political leader had been rising steadily. He greatly expanded Rome's territories, and he set the stage for Rome to become an empire. Caesar conquered Gaul, defeated Pompey the Great at the Battle of Pharsalus, and named his grandnephew Octavian his heir. He initiated a bunch of social and political reforms, too. Caesar created a police force, abolished the tax system, ordered land redistribution for the poor, granted citizenship to foreigners, ordered Carthage and Corinth to be rebuilt, and reformed the Roman calendar. In 44 BCE, he was appointed Dictator Perpetuus, or Dictator of the Roman Republic with no term limit. Caesar was a celebrated leader, and Rome prospered under his reign. But his senators thought that he was becoming too powerful and that he would soon get rid of the Senate and become king. Another line of thought maintains that the senators' motives were more personal, as Caesar threatened their privileged interests. There aren't any eyewitness accounts of Caesar's assassination, but there are some early accounts of the day's events, like the one Nicolaus of Damascus wrote circa 14 CE. What we do know is that the liberators, as they called themselves, were a group of Roman elites who were conspiring to assassinate Caesar to remove him from power. There were as many as 60 people involved in the plot, some who were in it for personal gain, some who were against Caesar's policies or didn't like the way he was changing the Republic. Among them were Marcus Junius Brutus and Gaius Cassius Longinus, former enemies of Caesar's who had joined the Senate, as well as Decimus Junius Brutus and Gaius Tribonius, who had been loyal to Caesar. Caesar was getting ready to invade the Parthian Empire, and he was going to leave Rome on March 18th to fight. So on March 15th, 44 BCE, infamously known as the Ides of March, Caesar was set to attend a Senate meeting at the Theater of Pompey. Months before, he had dismissed his bodyguard. Knowing that Caesar was going to leave soon, the liberators followed through with their plan to kill the dictator. Caesar was sick and hesitant to attend the Senate meeting, but Decimus convinced him to go anyway. At the meeting were hundreds of senators, tribunes, slaves, and secretaries. Mark Antony, Caesar's right hand, was delayed outside of the portico where the meeting was being held. Lucius Tillis Simber, the governor of Bithynia, walked up to Caesar on his throne to hand him a petition and pulled back Caesar's toga. At Simber's signal, tribune Publius Servilius Casca was the first to strike Caesar with his knife. Having hidden double-edged daggers beneath their togas, the rest of the assassins stabbed the dictator. Caesar was stabbed 23 times, 
but an autopsy report later said that only one of the knife wounds had been a fatal blow. It was later reported that Caesar's last words were, you too, my child. In the play Julius Caesar, Shakespeare suggested that Caesar instead said, et tu Brute, surprised at his friend Marcus Brutus's betrayal. A couple of days after the murder, Mark Antony called a meeting of the Senate and proposed a compromise where the assassins would be let off the hook, but Caesar's laws and appointments would remain in place. But that deal didn't go through. Caesar was largely popular with the lower and middle classes, and many mourned his death. A series of civil wars ensued. Mark Antony linked up with Octavian to defeat Marcus Brutus and Cassius at the Battle of Philippi. Later, Octavian defeated Antony and Cleopatra at the Battle of Actium. And eventually, Octavian took the name Augustus, meaning revered one, lofty or supreme, and became the first Roman emperor. Caesar's death had precipitated a totally new era for Rome. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have any burning questions or comments to tell us, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. Tune in tomorrow for another day in history. Hi, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a podcast where we one day ship nugs of history straight to your brain through your ear hole. The day was March 15, 1978. The Ogaden War ended when the Western Somali Liberation Front was defeated and Somali troops were withdrawn from the Ogaden region. Ogaden is a region in eastern Ethiopia that lies between the Ethiopian highlands and the border between Somalia and Ethiopia. The Ogaden was long a disputed region. As part of an agreement made in 1948, Ethiopia regained control over the Ogaden region from Britain. In 1960, the Trust Territory of Somaliland and the State of Somaliland united to form the Somali Republic, also known as Somalia. A government was formed and Somalia ratified a new constitution in 1961. But in 1969, Somali President Abdirashid Ali Sheramarki was assassinated. The assassination was followed by a military coup orchestrated by the Somali army. The Supreme Revolutionary Council, or SRC, became the new governing body of Somalia. The SRC renamed the country the Somali Democratic Republic and banned political parties. It also suspended the constitution, abolished the National Assembly, and supported national liberation movements. At the same time, in Ethiopia, Haile Selassie was still ruling as the emperor of Ethiopia after taking the throne decades earlier in 1930. The Ogaden Liberation Front launched a rebellion against the government in eastern Ethiopia in 1963. Somali government troops supported them. A border war soon broke out between Ethiopia and Somalia, but after a couple of months, the two countries agreed to a ceasefire. But in 1974, Emperor Haile Selassie was overthrown by the Derg, also known as the Provisional Military Government of Socialist Ethiopia. 
One of the groups that emerged out of the ensuing political instability was the Western Somali Liberation Front, or WSLF. The WSLF was made up of Somalis living in the Ogaden region. In February of 1977, the WSLF launched an insurgency against the Ethiopian government in the Ogaden region. The Somali government gave the group military assistance. Months later, thousands of Somali government troops and WSLF rebels invaded the Ogaden and went up against Ethiopian forces. The Soviet Union, Cuba, and South Yemen, as well as other communist countries, supplied military assistance to Ethiopia. With all its aid, Ethiopia managed to drive back Somali troops and the WSLF. On March 9, 1978, the Somali National Army was ordered to withdraw from the Ogaden region and retreat back to Somalia. On March 15, the last significant unit of Somali troops went back to Somalia. As Ethiopia had captured most of Ogaden, Somalia gave up its claim to the region. More than 10,000 people were killed during the conflict. By the early 1980s, there were more than a million refugees in Somalia from the Ogaden region. The WSLF remained active in the Ogaden, but by the late 1980s, the group had become defunct. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Looking for content a little more sophisticated than cat memes in your feed? Connect with us on social media at T-D-I-H-C podcast. Or if you are so inclined, you can send us a message at this day at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you same place tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.